0: This product contains strong language, intense violence, two dudes resisting the urge to make out with each other, and excessive discussions related to poop and wieners. The Tilted Casuals Podcast is rated M for mature.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of The Tilted Casuals. My name is Michael Bowling.
0: And I am Joe Valente.
1: We are the titular Tilted Casuals. Joe, on a scale of 1 to 10, how tilted are you today?
0: Uh, Is 10 the maximum?
1: Uh, I would say so, yes.
0: And I am a 7. That's just kind
1: of tilted. Yeah, where are you tilted <laughs> just at? Just slightly.
0: You know, actually, I was playing uh, Need for Speed Unbound before we uh, got together on recording, and uh, it pissed me off. That's uh, a, that's about it. I don't like the AI in that game. It's it's quite sure. bullshit.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll definitely get you tilted, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. It's, it's it's one of those racing games where you're playing it and you're you're confident in the fact that one of the AI is just is always meant to win. And you're Oh not. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with a betting feature that they added, so you can like bet on which place you think you're gonna make it. And there's no point in picking because oh. it's not happening.
1: Oh, bet. a b e t. I thought you said betting as in, like, B-E-D-D-I-N-G. Like, you're gonna fuck somebody or something like that, but... I would
0: fuck the shit out of whoever developed this game in in a bad way. Bad fucking.
1: (laughs) Not a good one. (laughs) Hate fucking. Hate fucking.
0: (laughs) I hate you so much. Making me hold this controller and play
1: it for three hours. Oh, oh, yeah, they made you play it for three hours. Yeah. They
0: sure (laughs) did.
1: Bastards. it's funny you bring up a racing game because that's kind of that's that's part of what we're gonna be talking about today because wasn't your number ten, um not to not really a spoiler since we talked about it last episode, but your number ten was um Mario Kart uh, double dash, right?
0: Uh no.
1: Oh it wasn't it was close. Get that wrong? Oh shit. It was
0: double dash was seven. What? almost there.
1: I oh, mean, I was no okay. Well, embarrassing. Oh my gosh, shame, shame. Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough, there, chief. Man, I that was even I was even a cool transition and everything.
0: Well, it's an accidental transition into yours because I'm still still waiting to hear the news.
1: Oh yeah yeah okay so yeah for those of you yeah first of all hello everybody thank you for joining us how are you <laughs> I I can't hear your answers but I'm hoping you. We're great news- <laughs> oh hey that's awesome good to hear that was everybody at once. Everybody at once! Wow, they sound just like you with a high pitched voice. <laughs> Coincidence. Uh, um, so, on our last episode, which was episode zero, this is technically episode one. So, hello. Um, if for some reason you skipped episode zero, which I don't know why you would, um, but we did our uh, first we did our introductions. We're not going to introduce ourselves again. You'll just have to either go uh, go listen to episode zero or just content yourselves with the fact that you don't know who the fuck we are. So. Boom. Um, but I will tell you that um, we went through our list, uh, our individual lists of our top 10 video games of all time, because this is a video game podcast, uh, and you can tell a lot about a person by their favorite games of all time. Um, this is a recap. My number 10 was ATV Offroad Fury 3, and we were originally going to go through spend several episodes just kind of deep diving into why we picked those games and mm-hmm. we would start at number 10. So this episode was going to be the, the ATV Offroad fury three uh, episode, which that sounds dumb as I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds I, amazing. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate your confidence. That's Hi. What's however, ATV stands for.
0: What's that? That's what the A in ATV stands for. Amazing. Amazing, amazing yeah. thoughts from v- Michael.
1: V- Michael. Yeah. You know the V is actually silent, but I appreciate the effort. Uh, um, okay. I am making a change. I am rewriting the annals of the history of this podcast and saying that my number ten was not ATV Offroad Fury Three. I still it was it is still probably one of my favorite games of all time because of the reasons I mentioned in episode zero. However, for the sake of this of this the content in this podcast, I am changing it to a game that. Honestly, after thinking about it, probably should have been on the list to begin with, but for some reason I didn't think about it. And that game is... Drumroll. Drumroll. Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, man. another PS2 game, so we're still sticking with the same era. But, you know, you know me. You know, I'm I'm a pretty big Marvel fan. A little bit. A little bit. Just Just a little bit. Um... So, I don't, again, I don't know why I didn't think about this game to begin with, because it was such a big part of uh, my childhood, and honestly shaping uh, into who I am today, because before that game came out, I wasn't, um, it was pretty much, that game introduced me to so many different Marvel characters, it's not even funny. Like, before I got that game, which I think, I think, uh... Remember the uncle I mentioned who got us Batman Arkham City? Yes. I'm pretty sure he also got us Ultimate Alliance. I got a lot of games from that same uncle over the years. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, what a legend. Uh, yeah, for real. Before he got us that game, I knew Spider-Man, and I knew the X-Men, and that's kind of it. Anything that I would see in the movies or like as a Saturday morning cartoon, that's pretty much it. Um, I did not know that Thor was a Marvel character. I had no clue. I knew very little about Captain America. I just knew he was a guy with a shield. Um, I didn't know who Deadpool was. Uh, <sighs> yeah, It's crazy. Um, I had just... Because we got the game not long after the, after the movie came out. But I had just learned who Ghost Rider was. And even when that movie came out, I didn't know it was a Marvel character. So... Oh, well, there you go. A lot of what I learned from Marvel before the MCU... Because this game, as as most of you guys probably know, was pre-MCU... Uh, it's like a 2004-2005 video game. But this was essentially the Marvel Cinematic Universe before the movies were. Because it brought together a big chunk of the comic universe and put it in a video game. Um, it's an action RPG. I believe, and I'm going to look it up while I say uh, this just so I'm not wrong. I believe it was developed by Raven Software. Um, yeah, it was correct. Yeah, developed by Raven Software, published by Activision. Activision wasn't always shit, but <laughs> yeah. But it's an action RPG, uh, and I hadn't played a game like it before. It's is it top down. You couldn't control the camera, um, and each level was kind of like a little maze you had to go through. You had a little mini map, but it wouldn't show anything until you went through it. So you're just kind of exploring these sprawling levels, and it was it was a beat 'em up. So you beat the shit out of whatever came your way. Um, and it was a button masher. I mean, you could do a couple of different combinations, um, for different moves, but for the most part, it was press and hold X to do your basic attack and maybe press square every once in a while to, like, shoot a laser beam out of your eyes or something like that. Um, don't get me wrong, it was really, really fun, but it was, it was, it was fairly basic. It was mainly, um, impactful at the time because of scope of it all because that story man you started off just doing stuff for shield and beating up small level bad guys you know like scorpion or bullseye and stuff like that and eventually it expanded to where you're fighting galactus on like the kree homeworld at one point you're in asgard you're trying to defend the rainbow bridge you if it existed in the comics you're probably doing it in marvel ultimate Lines. it was just insane um so yeah. after that kind of big long spiel joe uh what are your thoughts on this game? You have you have history with it.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, mine was on the 360 when I played it. Oh, okay, but I remember it came out right in the middle of like that transitioning from previous gen into current gen. Um, I think it was actually the demo on the Xbox Marketplace where I first discovered it. And, uh, yeah, I mean. I, I don't want to speak for everybody because, you know, there's there's always elitists out there. But I feel yeah. like how you were introduced to a majority of the Marvel characters through that game, I feel like a lot more people also were. Because that's pretty much exactly how it was for me, where I knew a chunk of characters that I was familiar with. And then as you play the game, like, you know, you start unlocking people and then there was like DLCs for like the Xbox and stuff. And uh, you're kind of like, oh, who the hell is this guy? He's pretty cool looking. And then it was like, you know, it just expanded from there. And then all the uh, the unlockable costumes as well. There were some pretty sick ones from what I remember. Like, I think Ghost Rider probably had the coolest bunch. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that uh, that game was definitely a lot of fun. And I, I, I played it a lot. Yeah. I still do because it's they have the, the PS4 port for the first two games exist. Fun. oh do they really
1: oh that's yeah. sweet. yeah i would love to again i have a ps2 i should just get it but um one thing that i didn't know until just recently is that it's it's not really a spin-off but it's basically a greater like marvel universe version of the x-men legends games oh, uh, phenomenal which are just basically yeah I- i've played a little bit of uh, two, which yeah, Rise of Apocalypse. I played a little bit of that, um, and yeah, Ultimate Alliance is basically that. It's top down. It, you have mm-hmm. four different heroes you can switch to, and it's just a beat 'em up. But Ultimate Alliance was just a broad, a, a more broader variation of that because it included pretty much everyone in the in Marvel universe canon at the time. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. But they even had a they had blade was even in it too and blade was in it was uh, super super popular at that time i mean luke the movies cage. were
1: out but right, yeah luke yeah. cage luke K- i had no clue who luke cage was yeah uh, same. again i didn't know who thor was i knew nothing about silver surfer um so many characters and that. that's what that's what that's the game that introduced me to namor i had never heard of namor before because as big as a, as big as a Marvel guy that I am and I and I enjoy DC too I was never a comics kid. Um I've read a handful of comics in my life just picking up and flipping through them but I've never been I wasn't a comic reader when I was a kid. So any and all of my um Marvel or DC um knowledge is gained from video games, the movies and whatever articles I read on Wikipedia. That's that's about oh. it. Yeah. And Ultimate Alliance Fair. was a big source of knowledge for me. So Combined with the fact that it was really, really fun to play, because this is a game, I'm pretty sure it had four-player co-op, because yeah, it had a team of four heroes, so I, uh, I'm sure he mostly played two-player, because my brother Gabriel was really, really young at the time, and I don't, he couldn't play a whole lot of games. But there might have been a time, if we had three controllers, where we all three might have hooked up. But at the very least, it was always at least two of us um, that would go through and just beat the shit out of AIM and HYDRA and... Cree and whoever else, whoever whoever else, um, would come at us. One other really cool thing about this game that I liked was that depending on the roster you pick, you can get like different bonuses. Like if you got all the Fantastic oh, yeah. Four together, you would get a bonus, and it was just really fun picking through that character select screen, just putting random people together to see if you can get some bonuses. Uh, one of my favorites was this group called Bad to the Bone, and it was Ghost Rider, Blade, Wolverine. And who Luke Cage, maybe. It might have been Luke Cage, probably. If, yeah. if
0: that's the theme it's going for, I would say, yeah. it's probably a safe bet.
1: Probably, yeah, because I don't know who else might have been. I think Daredevil was. I think Daredevil was a DLC. I don't think he's part of the original uh, lineup. But but yeah, so it was fun just going through and popping just random characters in to see if you can get some kind of synergy with them all. And uh, it was probably one of my first RPGs too, like a game uh, that you that you leveled up and could equip different abilities that you could use. Mm-hmm. Um, that game just had a lot going for it, man. And I haven't played it in forever, but I would bet that it still holds up today.
0: Yeah, if not uh, from a
1: graphical standpoint, than just from a sheer content standpoint.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean the the, the PS4 ports, it's it it helps because it's upscaled a bit to you know look cleaner, unless. 360 ps2 ish right but yeah content wise gameplay wise mechanic wise it, it definitely does still hold up to this day i would mm. say for sure i mean i i replayed it two times i think since they ported it onto ps4 and that was like four years ago five years ago maybe something like that because that was right after um i don't know if you remember when i don't remember if it was because of disney and the Fox Marvel, like threesome of just chaos between all the licensing issues. But they had that that time where they pulled all like the Marvel IPs off shelves and off the uh, all the digital marketplaces like the Deadpool oh, no, game that you that. couldn't get anymore. Yeah, it was.
1: Uh... Do you remember the Deadpool game being really hard to find at some point? So yeah,
0: yeah, it was definitely it was over five years ago, but I don't think 10 years ago. But they yeah, they pulled all those. And then there was an issue with like Marvel versus uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And then the licensing thing got settled and then they put everything back onto the uh, the digital stores. But I think ah. Deadpool is still physical if you have it. I'm pretty sure that game is still worth quite a bit of money. And I do actually have uh, my physical copy still. Oh
1: Man, time. I wish I kept it. I actually used to have a German copy of Deadpool um, <laughs> because... Back in, it was 2015 to 2016, the new year period over there. I spent two weeks in Germany. And luxurious. I went to a, a GameStop there just because we were at the mall and I wanted to go into GameStop because I'm a filthy capitalist. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, so I went in and I... I Deadpool is what... Obviously, we're not going to talk a whole lot about Deadpool because it's not on my list, but Marvel kind of the same. Deadpool is a guilty pleasure of mine. It's not a good game, but I have so much fun playing it. Yes. <laughs> it's 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 kind of bad in a lot of different ways but i still i just enjoy playing that game i'm glad it exists because deadpool needs a lot of love deadpool's fantastic but yeah i had a german copy of deadpool at some point i don't know where it is because i don't think i would have been able to trade it in anywhere so it may still be in a box somewhere in one of our storage rooms who knows but that was really cool because it had like the european rating on it i don't remember what what it was and all the text on it in the back was german so it's pretty cool to have
0: what's that the um is that peggy peggy 16
1: is that uh i think germany actually uses
0: or is that you not for sure
1: how i know peggy well yeah peggy is uk and i guess i don't remember what german what, what what it was in germany i don't know how that how that works um i don't think it was peggy it was something different
0: they probably don't give a shit. They're just like, eh, if you have money, you can buy it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I never played Uh, back to back to ultimate Alliance. I never played two. Did you play ultimate Alliance two?
0: Oh, you didn't. Uh, yes, I, uh, I never completed it. It, uh, it was a good game. Um, I think it, it's kind of it added on more to the first game. Like, you know, some mechanics and stuff that were missing. And uh, I think a little bit more, interaction, story-wise, because it had the the Civil War factor to it.
1: Yeah, I always thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, it was neat. And then they added, um, there was certain combo super abilities you can do based off of, like, who was in your team. They would have, like, specific combos of uh, attacks they can do, like Iron Man and Captain America. You would, like, shoot the the beam at Cap's shield, and he would, like, spin around and do, like, a big AOE laser beam explosion kind of thing sweet and then uh, yeah it varied depending on the characters and uh, they carried that factor over into uh, part three as well then that actually went up to all four characters can make like a super orgy of damage um, yeah I think one I, I liked I just preferred one I don't know why in the long run because two I think was just built better maybe mm. it was the story it was just felt more unique and not just playing through Civil War
1: maybe I don't know. I did play a little bit of 3, because I think a buddy of mine at the time had it, and I played it a little bit on his Switch. And I don't know. I mean, I didn't play a ton of it, but I remember thinking that it was a little bit... I don't know, dumbed down, maybe? I mean, that's kind of weird to say, because it is a pretty... The combat and everything was always really simplistic. But I don't know. I just didn't get into 3 as much as I did. Maybe <laughs> it's because it needed some more added to it. I didn't want just you know, ultimate Alliance with their graphics. I kind of wanted some extra stuff, but it kind of felt samey. But uh, again, I didn't really play a whole lot of it, so it, it might not be the case for the whole thing, but it's yeah, weird I mean, that it was just a switch.
0: Yeah, it, it is very odd. I mean, the, the, the basic premise of the game is obviously it's going to, it's going to feel the same for the most part, but <clears throat> they did, they did build upon it on three in a good way. There was more RPG factor and more leveling, and uh, there's there's more ways to kind of customize and upgrade your characters and whatnot. And then you cool. like the whole team building synergy thing. And part three had a lot of different synergy stats and abilities and stuff to scale off of. Like, you can make insane teams. I think um, villain gods, those two stack together. I'm pretty sure that was like the powerhouse one where it was like Dr. Doom, Thanos, and I forget who else, but it was it was a really stacked team. Loki, maybe wow. like someone else. And they made this really, really strong. And like upgraded, like everything, like twice over, pretty much. Oh, wow. It was like a whole bunch of costumes and they had uh, multiple expansions and each expansion had its own like game kind of thing. Like one had like a horde mode and one actually uh, it built onto the story. So you were meant to do it over again. I think it was the Morbius DLC. Um and it added like a like a dark mode to the story where there is also now like pitch black areas and like vampires and shit caked in oh. with the already enemies that exist and stuff. It's cool. Wow. Yeah, they did yeah, a it, lot with
1: it. It sounds like honestly, yeah, I, I should probably go back and play because I'm looking at the roster of characters, too. And there's a ton of characters.
0: It's huge. That yeah, character's like Black's freaking is moon Knight is in it. Morbius. Yeah.
1: I didn't know Morbius was in it. A yep. Punisher, that's cool. I didn't expect Punisher to be in it. Uh, Ghost Rider is in it. Okay, for your listeners, Ghost Rider is my favorite Marvel character of all time. You put Ghost Rider in something, and it's automatically like perfection to me. So, and it says Ghost Rider <laughs> is a playable character in this game. So, I I automatically like I need to yes. play more. Of he this. is that is phenomenal. Yep. Crystal from the Inhumans, that's incredible. Uh, Magnet Loot Cage Loki being playable is really cool. Spider Gwen? Wow, that's someone I didn't expect to see. So, yeah, that's a pretty... That's a stacked roster. Holy crap.
0: Yeah, the Web Slinger uh, synergy is very strong, especially with, like, Venom and Miles thrown in there. That's cool. It's really, really good. Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange also have really good uh, synergy together. Very strong.
1: Cool. I'll have to check... I'll, I'll have to keep an eye on to see if it goes on sale for Switch, because I... I should probably play
0: it. Highly recommend, and it has a uh, online co op. So,
1: oh, really? Does it? Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I'll have to add it to my list then. Yeah, I'm pretty that sure lot.
0: actually every game mode that they have in that is playable through co op. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on it, but I I think so. <laughs> it's been a while since I looked. That's cool. Yeah.
1: So, what other um, what other Marvel games do you like? Um. Even just like Man. superhero, which this could probably be an episode in and of itself where you just talk about superhero games. But like, while we're on the topic of Marvel, are there any others that like pop into your head?
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there was always uh, like the ultimate Spider-Man on PS2 is one that will always stand out. Um, X-Men Legends 2, like you mentioned before, is a, gr- a great one. Um, this, the uh, the Sony exclusive Spider-Man from PS4 and PS5 yeah. with the the Miles DLC phenomenal games um what was the other one uh i think it was the wolverine i'm pretty sure on 360 i, I think that was the one that was rated m and it was it was like a movie based oh, game, uh, but it was
1: like x-men origins
0: wolverine yeah yeah that's the yeah one. and Dude, it was like that was actually a dope super game. brutal yeah it was, it was shocked everyone that it was the movie is somehow, trash, but yeah like a functioning movie game that's better yeah. than the movie
1: it, it, I, the fact that it's rated M, I've seen gameplay of the T-rated game, like, for Wii, and it looks dog shit. The M-rated one is the way to go. Mm-hmm. The unca- the Uncaged Edition is is what it was called. Yes. I, I, um, I rented that, because back when Hastings was still a thing and I could just go in and rent games whenever I wanted to, I rented this game, and it blew my mind. It was an awesome game. Yeah,
0: right. Like it definitely was one of those ones that kind of snuck in there into the catalog of games that no one really expected to give a shit about. Just because, yeah. I guess we were so used to just movie games being just terrible, <laughs> Aragon. Um, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, my dear you sweet know. child. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll talk more about this. Oh, put a put a feather in that cap for later. We'll do an episode of of movie based games, and we will absolutely talk about Aragon. That that's that's another discussion for another day.
0: Yeah. Um another one I think that everyone that played it fell in love with was uh Hulk Ultimate Destruction, the like sandboxy open world Hulk
1: game. I never played that, but I heard it was good. It looked awesome. Oh yeah, that was that was a lot
0: of fun. I mean most of it's caked into nostalgia and also just being a kid and being entertained very easily because looking back at it, the game's it's kind of shit, but it's fun (laughs) shit. Yeah, shit that you can play with, you know.
1: Yeah, so it's automatically fun. And just being able to play as a, the big green monster himself, just rampaging through. I mean, who's not going to have fun with that? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah. And then um, who could forget like the uh, the Lego Marvel games?
1: Oh. Yeah, that Lego Marvel Super Heroes is actually really cool.
0: Oh, my God. So good.
1: Yeah. I've actually got two uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes, two on my Switch. I got it for like five bucks when it was on sale. Um oh, I haven't solid. played super far into it. But uh, so far it's it's it, it's it's really cool. But I, I love just
0: how massive they just keep making the rosters in those games. They just keep adding more and more and more.
1: Cuz with an IP like Marvel, there's literally there's like it's like it's like in Marvel Snap, you know, they have Probably they have surely have over a hundred cards in that game, and they're just gonna keep having space for more. They're just gonna they have source material for days, for years, for however long they want to keep making cards for that game. So anything yeah. based on Marvel, just literally the sky's the limit. It's insane.
0: Yeah, especially with uh, you, you just consider the fact that they're from comics, and mm-hmm. there's what like seven billion different versions of like each character, pretty much yeah. that exists in all these multiverses.
1: Absolutely. I don't know. I, I don't think you're still playing Marvel Snap, but the theme this month with the uh, the season pass was since uh, Across the Spider-Verse came out, it was Spider-Man mm-hmm. themed. So every single card, because they release a new card each week, is some variation of a Spider character. Like the very first one that came out was uh, Ghost Spider, who, who I always knew as Spider-Gwen. I guess they changed her name. That was the season pass card. After that it was Silk, who I had never heard of Silk mm. before, but it's a spider character, I guess. Um so Spider cool. Spider Ham is is the next one that yeah. came out. <laughs> Classic. And then this last one for this last week is Spider-Man 2099 So just its entire ah, month yes. Spider-Man cards, and they're all so different. So That's really cool. Just yeah, Spider-Man I alone has so much to pick from.
0: Yeah, actually, um branching off that we were talking about uh, last week with the Batman's rogue gallery. Um, I think Spider-Man, him and him and Batman definitely have my favorite comic book villains.
1: I absolutely agree with you.
0: Spider-Man just has such interesting ones. And like the ones that people are familiar with and they see like a good chunk of them started as like Spider-Man villains, like Mm -hmm. Punisher was hired to kill Spider-Man. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's very daredevil all the time. And it's like, he technically doesn't belong there. He's a Spider-Man
1: character, yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. It's, it's really just so cool weird though. to have someone who's so dark, such a dark character, start off as a Spider-Man villain. Yeah, to Spider-Man's not to murder a this teenager.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, a that's crazy. Leisure.
0: Yeah, uh, stuff like that. Mar- Marvel's cool. I mean, they're they heroes. Oh, so cool. there's, there's a handful that I like, but their villains always hit for me, especially Doom. Oh, yeah. Doctor Doom's my all-time favorite.
1: Doctor Doom is cool. I really hope that cuz he has to show up in the MCU at some point and I hope they do him justice. Oh man.
0: I can't I can't handle another failed Doom. There's been two in a row like yep. cinematic wise and I just yep. I don't think my heart can handle another fail failure.
1: At least at least the first one looked the part like he he full on Doom costume. But I don't know what the fuck they were doing with with the reboot. Like, yeah. i one of the few people who doesn't hate that movie because I thought the premise and the way they portrayed their abilities was really neat. Like, it was almost like a f- science fiction horror type story. They didn't view yeah. it as superpowers. And I thought that was interesting and the way they portrayed it. But everything else about that movie is dog shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, not- I agree.
1: Definitely including their portrayal of Doom. So they have to do him right. Yeah,
0: I'm kind of with you there, too. Like, I don't I don't hate that movie. I uh, I dislike it greatly, hmm. but I think the, the cast was the cast was pretty good. Hmm. The effects obviously were a lot better than the, the previous one. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the only thing that I enjoyed about their doom was that they they kind of made him brutal for a while. When you know, like the the scene when he's like breaking out of the lab or whatever. He he's just murdered around. everybody, yeah. Yeah, he's just making everyone's heads explode and shit. I was like, all right, we're off to something. And then yeah, they yeah. they they do the thing that's failed so many times, like X-Men Apocalypse, where you have this massive villain who in the comic books and stuff, he he spends like years worth of different uh like series and stories and stuff like that. And they just make a one-off movie and everyone gets together and just defeats him in like a five minute fight. And it's like mm-hmm. Dr. Doom and Apocalypse specifically they're That's not them, man. <laughs> like they're not supposed yeah. to just get beaten before they're even like
1: them. Doom needs to be treated like Thanos was in like the entire first arc of the MCU, where he was just this threat in the back that was constantly, because that's, I think that's one of the reasons why Thanos works so well is because he wasn't treated with his, just this one-off villain. That they fought yeah. for five minutes and then beat. He was, I and mean, he wasn't heard from for half of that first saga. But you know, especially in rewatches, that he was back there, and he started taking more and more. He started showing up more and more often, and then it eventually culminated into two whole three-hour movies about him. And Phenomenal that's, that's movies what too. absolutely some of the best of Marvel. Some of the best that Marvel's ever made. They still haven't topped it. Um, I don't know if they ever will, but. That's how Doom needs to be treated. He's such a staple of a character. Yeah. yeah. Especially with him. He, being... he exists
0: everywhere, too.
1: does. Like, He's the ruler of a freaking country. He has diplomatic immunity in the U.S. I think that's hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> He's Dude, a politician. Like, yeah, he just got so powerful. He just does it every once. Man, like, he built a planet from just because he could and then just destroyed it because he could. And then just fucks around became a god emperor out of sheer will because he wanted to got a new fit you know and everything and then i don't know uh, how anyone ever
1: beats him i don't know how he hasn't just won a long time ago he's so cool
0: i know i don't i don't get it man a lot of people were
1: hoping that he would be introduced in the black in the new black panther movie uh yeah
0: there was a lot of rumors i remember
1: yeah, I'm not for sure how they would have, but I suppose they could have, you know, like made Wakanda like a warring nation with, with, with uh, Latveria Ladvaria or something like that, but I don't know. It would have been a great way to do it, I think. I mean mm-hmm. you, you
0: like he's primarily like the Fantastic Four villain, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think you need them immediately mm-hmm. to just at least introduce him. But yeah. In a good absolutely.
1: way. And then he's bring gone the Fantastic up against four in. He's gone up against so many other heroes at yeah he may have been introduced in the fantastic 4 and he may be you know i mean he, obviously he has history with them and he has history with reed richards so like he's definitely if you had to put him in a corner he is i guess a fantastic 4 villain but he's also just a a marvel villain in general he's gone up against so many other heroes like yeah you could easily do that yeah. could be a thanos level threat
0: oh yeah beyond that i mean there is the the one comic arc where he just disintegrates thanos just immediately but you know <laughs> Can't really? talk about that. No, no definitely
1: it's not Thanos. But Man, my, with the way with the way Marvel's going now, as big of a Marvel fanboy I am, I can still definitely admit that the movies recently have kind of taken a dive. Um, yeah, at least a little bit. There have been some. There have been some good ones, like the, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. I think is is a fantastic movie. Loved um, it. Guardians Three is one of the best Marvel Marvel movies ever made. Period. I it's probably in my top five i have to fantastic. see that
0: one.
1: Uh, all the three of the Spider-Man movies I love. Spider-Man, far, you can make the argument that No Way Home is just fan service and nostalgia, but I still thought it was a good movie in and of itself as well. Um, But everything else, like Wakanda Forever was neat because of Namor, but looking back on it, eh. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder, eh. It's funny, but that's about it. I Ugh. laughed a lot during that movie, but I don't know if I would watch it again. <laughs> Um so yeah hopefully Love and
0: Thunder was horrendous. I hated that movie so much.
1: <laughs> and that really sucks because Ragnarok was so good.
0: I know. It, it was it was really like disheartening actually coming out of a movie and just being mad. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> mad Ra- that I watched it. What happened? Ragnarok was so good. And and I don't hate Lo- Lo- Love and Thunder like a like a lot of other people do. I still found some enjoyment in it, but like you can't compare the two. There's no it's no.
0: They just took a lot of just, I don't know, the directing in that field felt like it was kind of all over the place, like getting so much focus on Jane to not really do anything with it. And then like the finale, just being like a bunch of kids, just like beating the shit out of them is kind of just, I I don't know,
1: man. There's a weird storyline. I thought Gore was cool. I thought Christian Bale did a pretty good job portraying him.
0: Yeah, for like the three minutes that they had him.
1: yeah Yeah, i think that
0: is the the biggest complaint that i have right like you you introduce gore the god butcher and his his title is the god butcher and while he's gore the god butcher you don't see him butcher a single god you have the opening scene where he's not even like converted yet and then you just hear about it like twice and then you see like a picture of a dead god it's like why? Like, just <laughs> show me something, man. Make yeah. two parts. I don't give a shit. Show him fucking killing people. You yeah. don't get to see it.
1: It's definitely as as good as Christian Bale did. Uh, it was definitely a, a waste of a of a fantastic character. Uh,
0: yeah. Appearance wise, too, it kind of threw me. I wish they just I don't know made it a little more like the uh, the comic as opposed mm-hmm. to just I don't know
1: thinner Like Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like if they would have done that, they might have, you know, because everyone's attacking Marvel for their CGI these days, and they want more practical elements, so I don't... I, I still feel like people would have complained about that, too, so I really don't know where to stand on that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah.
1: But anyway, um, that was Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, that, that honestly probably deserves more of a spot on my list than ATV does, um, just because it turned me into a big-ass Marvel fanboy nerd geek shit-ass, so...
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Understandable. Worthy game, I would say, definitely for sure. I I I love the Ultimate Alliance games. They're definitely just fun, just mindless entertainment. Mm-hmm. Just want to sit oh, back, yeah. do some couch co-op with a friend, and beat the shit up. Beat Modoc
1: in a trivia game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Classic. Oh man. Alright. Well, I guess that means it's my turn then. Yes, sir. Alright. Well. So for mine, I'm going to be talking about the gloriousness of Spyro,
1: the dragon. Um, Now, wait just a goddamn minute. Yes, you're rearranging your list. Am I? I am. You get you may have gaslighted me. I'm almost 100 percent certain that Double Dash was your number 10.
0: I don't remember now.
1: The Spyro was like your number eight. Did I switch it? i think you might have like in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter because i guess bottom, it doesn't matter right the bottom tier of our list is are pretty interchangeable but like i'm not gonna let you gaslight me motherfucker all right all right
0: all right, all right. for the sake of argument let me see because you might actually be right i don't 100 percent remember
2: but
1: we'll find out let me see was listening to the podcast while we record a podcast so meta, it's a can very you long podcast <laughs> to go through, too. <laughs> it is. You're going to have to do some scrubbing. Did you not write down your list like I did? I did, but that's
2: not the order that I wrote down. Oh. Unless I changed it midway, don't remember. You might have. I don't know. I'm talking about Spyro right now. I skipped it.
0: Ah, right, you're right. It was Mario Kart. Ha! now it's Spyro. God damn it!
1: The words of our Lord and Savior. Um, fucking. uh God damn it! What's it? What's the? What's the cap? Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> Indication.
0: All right. Well, uh, since you're rewriting history with your list, uh, this is now canon. Uh, Spyros number ten.
1: It's <laughs> only fair. Let's just go with that. Keep the All listeners right. on their toes. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Anyway,
0: I'm still I'm still correct because this is now canon. So, yeah, Spyro was always number 10. All right. So for, for the, the the gist of this, because there's like. Three thousand Spyro games, I'm primarily just going to be focusing on like the first. Five ish, because there is quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. So they came out in uh, 1998, and originally Spyro's name was supposed to be Pete the Dragon. <laughs> but Can
1: you imagine?
0: in fear of being sued, because Pete's dragon
1: was already a dragon. thing. and You know green, Disney would have sued their asses.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they said. They're like, all right, well, Disney's going to sue us, so we're not going to go with Pete anymore, the green dragon. We're going to do uh, Spyro, the purple dragon. And thus, uh, Spyro is born. And I think it's a a, a smarter decision.
1: I think so, too. Imagine the hellscape we would be living in if we lived in the alternate universe where they kept Pete as the name of the dragon.
0: Ah, there's just this, like, big, goofy, green-looking fucker. (laughs) That would be terrible. Would Uh, be.
1: Yeah, so Sony,
0: um, they were originally creating this game because they kind of wanted to introduce um, more... Simplified and fun games into the genre, but also trying something new and uh, something interesting that I found out when I was kind of just just like looking up shit about the games and you know the years and stuff like that. Um, they actually hired a NASA engineer named Matt Whiting to do the programming specifically on Spyro's flight to make it as like realistic and. Functioning as possible,
1: they're all dynamic and shit.
0: Yeah, so they they literally legitimately went to NASA, hired a dude, and was like, "Yo, make our dragon fly good." He was <laughs> like, "Bet,"
1: <laughs> and he did. It. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy it, shit! Wow, we have NASA to thank for that. That's insane.
0: Yeah, it's it's so weird because I, I'm I'm like looking through all this shit, and I had to like quadruple source this to make sure this wasn't like bullshit. <laughs> and it's it's legit. So, wow, I, I don't know. There's, it was it was kind of crazy. And um, there there was actually a lot of stuff that they implemented into this game to kind of try to make it stand out. And I think at the time. Because it was it was catered for kids, obviously, so like, you know, none of this shit's even going to phase you at all. You're not going to notice any of this. You're just like, oh, the dragon shoot fire, kill people fun. And that's yeah. it. But they uh they actually were like one of the first games to implement. Um, like functioning AI, like self-functioning. So the computer enemies in the game actually had a this, this feature built into them where they could specifically like target you out at any time and like kind of focus on you and they'll taunt you. They'll like do all this like, weird shit to kind of piss you off. And then you know, like there was like one character who would run around with like a bag of gems and shit, and he would like do like a little dance, like da-da-da-da, and you would chase after him and try to. I'm gonna drive to I'm gonna drive Yeah. And uh yeah, they 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 had this with all the characters. So like if you if you play around, like run around the different enemies and stuff enough, you'll notice that they'll kinda eventually just kinda like look at you and start doing shit to like piss you off to make you like you know go over there to try to get them to kill you. It's just it's just really weird. And uh yeah, no one, no one would even know about it at the time because you're like six playing
1: this game. <laughs> they right. didn't have to go that hard for us, but they did.
0: Yeah, did that for but, us. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the the first game is uh, you're just a purple dragon with a little dragonfly named Sparks over in Dragon World, and uh, there's a there's a douchebag named the nasty Nork, and he's <laughs> trying to exterminate all the dragons and steal their eggs and shit bitch uh, you tell him no and the game was like you know you had a like a hub world kind of thing and you'd run around and collect stuff in the hub world and then all the different worlds were in different portals and you would fly through and each portal was like a different theme there was like a like an arabian theme there's like a snowy kind of theme and stuff like that and then they uh they baked in little mini games which were frustrating as shit for some of these games There was one the one I remember specifically, I think there was like a few of them scattered about, but you would be able to kind of like free fly and you would have like side objectives to do while you're playing. And you'd have to like, you know, oh, fly through 10 rings, shoot down 10 planes and collect gems and shit. And there was one where uh, some of the enemies and like the loops were in this little minecart tunnel and you'd have to traverse it while flying still because if you landed, you weren't able to kind of like pick back up because you would just be stuck there. And uh, they had like two or three objectives in this little mining tunnel. And I remember just as a kid, even in the the, uh, the remastered version, just getting fucked by the stupid yeah. mine cart coming out of the damn tunnel. It was tunnel so hard. I know exactly what you're talking to. about. Yeah, it's just like, what the hell, man? So you'd always like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll save it for the end. And then that didn't work. But right. eventually, you know,
1: you get through it and it was great. Some of those flying levels didn't fuck around.
0: Yeah, they they really didn't. It was it was brutal, but I'm glad I'm not the only one.
1: Um, share your pain. Yeah. Oh, another
0: fun fact because I found out a whole bunch.
1: how uh, <laughs> fun Spyro... facts game have?
0: Oh, millions apparently. Uh, Spyro only in the first game he was voiced by the guy who did the Taco Bell dog.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, fucking, uh, I don't remember his name, uh, Carlos something another, but uh, but yeah, he was only for the first game. I don't, I don't know why he didn't get rehired. I don't know if it was differences or maybe just like because he he probably cost a lot at the time because Taco Bell was like colossal with the fucking little chihuahua. Oh,
1: yeah. Taco dominated this the nineties. Yeah,
0: but then after that, he uh, he was he was voiced by uh Tom Kenny for for quite a while. The rest I of did the games. know that.
1: Yeah, I knew that he I knew that Tom Kenny voiced him for a little bit.
0: Yeah, he was like the main Spyro because he did it for the next
1: uh, three or four games, I believe, in like the main series.
0: And then uh they rebooted it and <laughs> Elijah Wood voiced Spyro
3: for three <laughs> games.
0: So we had four over in here. <laughs> Which is odd in itself, I think. Yeah, like honestly. A very random casting choice. Um. Well, Justin Long voiced him in a TV show.
1: I know there uh, was a TV show. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was it was technically Skylanders, which Skylanders mm-hmm. itself was kind of bullshit because it was just baked off of using Spyro's
1: name to even get people to yeah. buy it at first. Matthew Mercer was... voiced him in, in, in Skylanders, apparently.
0: Yeah, yeah. He got uh, himself in the game. Yeah, he was the, the Spyro game voice. But it's <coughs> like, why? Why did you get Justin Long then for the TV show? Kind of weird. And then uh, there was another big name, uh, Josh Keaton. Um, <laughs> which, interestingly enough, is just a stage name, which I don't blame him because his actual last name is Wiener.
1: <laughs> oh, so, no.
0: Yeah, so that's unfortunate. But uh pretty cool guy, it seems. You know, he did. Um, Sounds he was, familiar. He was, what
3: else? Josh yeah, he, he, he
0: voiced a lot of video games. Primarily, he was... Uh, He's like the main Spider-Man voice for like a really long chunk of Spider-Man games.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. He was Electro in in the the PS4 game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was like the Spider-Man. That's true. Yeah, he did he did a lot. It's it's kind of cool looking at um like the the people that they got casted for Spyro at one point. Like Matt Mercer is like huge. He is yeah. He does a lot of like English anime voicing. He did Leon Kennedy mm-hmm. in Resident Evil Six.
1: Oh, did he really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Never played he's Resident uh, Evil Six, so I wouldn't know. He's been around. I love Matt Mercer. He's the best. Yeah, he's a uh, he's he's so cool. He's
0: he's a, he's a Chad for sure.
1: He voiced um, Ganondorf in Tears of the Kingdom. I didn't yeah, know that.
0: he did. I found that out too.
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert: Striker in Mortal Kombat Nine. Oh, he was, he was Jack Cooper in Titanfall 2. Holy shit. Oh,
2: there you go. I
1: didn't know that. He shot in yeah. Injustice 2. It was quite the, uh, quite the resume. Shit. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Like, I knew he was prolific, but there, I didn't know half the things that he's voiced. That's insane.
0: Yeah, and everyone's focused on Troy Baker and uh, Nolan North, you know?
1: Yeah. Give Matt Mercer some love.
0: So great. handsome.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so he likes uh, d&d that's true
1: oh yeah he uh critical he's role. the one
0: who he hosted right yeah yeah
1: yeah he's the dm for critical role
0: yeah that's right
1: yeah
0: see man's just a, a cool nerd He is just a cool anime dude. video games board games tabletop like the games. american henry cavill yeah don't get him as superman you know that'll work uh. <laughs> <laughs> too late (laughs) rip uh yeah what else oh clancy brown
1: voiced like
0: 12 dragons throughout the the series
1: Ooh, spongebob actors yeah oh that's hmm, what a coincidence (laughs) yeah right it's crazy um clancy brown is insane did you see john wick four yes Yes. He's, yeah, yeah. He's so intense in that movie, and it's just weird to think I'm just sitting in that theater. I'm looking at him, and he's super intense. He's fantastic in the movie, but I'm just like, that's Mr. Krabs.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like literally all I can think about. <laughs> Fucking Mr. Krabs, man. It's so random. It
1: really is.
0: Um, Yeah. Uh, There was also a thing that they did in Japan only, which is kind of weird that um they had this thing called the, the Pocket Station, and it was like yeah, it's a it's like a little side program object kind of thingamajigger that functioned with the PlayStation One at the time, and you would like sync it up with the the console and the games, and depending on what it was, you would have like mini games and stuff like that that would like pair with the game you were playing, and that's uh, cool. they had one for Spyro, um, where you would like raise your own little dragonfly. I thought that was kind of cool. But oh, that's adorable. It, obviously, yeah. So I guess it's like a tamagotchi for spyro sounds
1: like it yeah man why does japan get everything cool
0: i know that's what i'm saying man they like we just bullshit we get like half the stuff yeah uh
1: yeah um so
0: and then after that you know the first game we had part two which was ripto's rage which is a another banger uh introduced like some new mechanics to the game which is nice you had uh you can climb and then there was the uh the, the full charge like Headbutt kind of thing that you can do, as opposed to just a little sprint. And then, uh, unfortunately, it introduced diving underwater, which is like my least favorite thing that video games can do. I just hate
1: yeah, it. don't need any I more underwater so levels. So much. I
0: like. I don't mind if a game lets me swim, but as soon as I like jump into the water of a game and like a prompt pops up, it's like, oh, hold square to dive underwater. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and there's gonna be shit under here uh, that I gotta look no for. You. Yeah, I don't want to do that. It's just it's it's too much, you know. Um, yeah. So part two was based in like the Dragon Shores because I think you were on like uh you were just like taking a break or something like that in like the land of Glimmer, and then uh shit goes south as always, and then uh that's the one that introduced a couple new characters though. We had um what was her name? Elora, the little deer. And then Hunter the Cheetah, he was pretty cool. And then in uh, part three was the one when that one came out for Year of the Dragon, where you were able to play as other characters, which was pretty cool. They had um, Hunter, and then there was Sheila the Kangaroo, and then Sergeant Bird, <laughs> who was able to fly around and shoot wow. things with rockets.
1: How creative.
0: Right, it's so creative, and all Sheila could do was double jump. So that was oh, wow. cool. Yeah, you know. So you know, you win some, you lose some. Yep. Um. Another thing that was pretty great about the games, the, uh, the soundtrack for the first one specifically won like some kind of music award at the time, and the composer behind it was Stuart Copeland from like the Police, their old drummer. Oh, oh, yeah, and then. Ironically enough, down the road, uh, his son now works for Insomniac Games, which is the original developers. Yeah.
1: Full circle. Yeah. And Insomniac and
0: Naughty Dog were like BFFs at the time because they were always doing um, like Crash and Spyro advertisements like Left and Right. Right, right. And that's what eventually led to the Season of Ice and the Season of Flame games on uh, Game Boy Advance where um oh no i'm sorry it was the uh the crossovers the orange and purple games oh where, i remember those yeah yeah where uh it was like uh, cortex and ripto like met up and were like hey you want to like fuck up some universes together and they're like yeah all right whatever i got free time i guess and then I... the games weren't that great they're pretty bad um <laughs>
1: the crash like... one
0: i think was received better than the spyro one but the concept is really cool.
1: Dude, imagine they did something like that today.
0: Right? Like there's, there's so much potential. God. Like a Jack and Daxter Ratchet and Clank collab would have been really cool to see. It's all of these
1: greedy ass companies would just get their heads out of their asses and realize how much money they can make if they just were. If they just
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like would be the greatest. It would it would be it would be great. But um Yeah, so now back to Season of Ice, Season of Flame, which are Somehow managed to be like direct sequels, but no one really cared enough to see it that way because it was based after the end of Year of the Dragon, where the uh the original villain of the time, Bianca, who was like the sorceress's apprentice, was the one that was causing havoc and making the rhinox steal eggs and all that shit. Um, ends up turning into like a, a new protagonist, and then the sorceress becomes the main villain, and Hunter the cheetah. He he just bangs Bianca and they get together. They start a relationship together. Spyro and Sparks are like, yo, what the fuck is this? You know, like this <laughs> this isn't cool. And then, uh, season of ice and season of flame take place uh, when they're all vacationing together, and it's it's very wholesome. So uh. I guess they got over their their differences.
1: Guess so. Love yeah. brings everyone together. It
0: truly does. Yeah. And then, um, I think. The original trilogy were the only ones that Insomniac actually developed because um the Game Boy games were Digital Eclipse and then Enter the Dragonfly was like the next one that came out and that was the first one to be on PS2, and that was Equinox, and ironically enough, that was the worst reviewed Spyro game like ever. And it was Equinox's only Spyro game that they made.
1: <laughs> well, no wonder.
0: Yeah, and then they pass it off to other people. They're like, yeah, you know why? We can't do this shit anymore. We tried. Like <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you, you, you gotta go. And that's when uh, the, the merged universe of Crash and Spyro was born. And um, sometime in between, there was supposed to be uh, there was an educational Spyro game that was planned called Fairy Tale, but spelled like T-I-T-A-I-L. Very cute. And it was supposed to be Spyro meeting up with, like, all these, like, fantasy characters from storybooks and stuff like that. It's That's like cool. Little Red Riding Hood and Puss in Boots and all that kind of stuff. But uh, apparently it didn't get past the, uh, the original, like, screening board. Hmm. They looked at it. They were like, why the fuck would I want to do this? this stupid. <laughs> so they're like, all right, you know what? We tried. <laughs> My bad. Uh... Yeah, and then um, I think it was part three, actually, too. They had like a hidden feature in it at the, the loading screen where you can you can hold down R1 and triangle and it would boot up a demo of Crash Bandicoot Warped. So it was like, you know, Multiverse was happening, which was pretty neat. And then we got two shitty Game Boy games out of it.
1: <laughs> but... Multiverse before the Multiverse was cool.
0: Yeah, literally. And then, you know, sometime down the road, The uh, the Legend of Spyro, the reboot, was born, where that's the one where Elijah Wood voiced yeah. uh, Spyro. And uh, the, it, it was weird, because I was actually talking to my friend about this. We were, like, looking it up. Uh, that game's cast was, like, stacked as shit, too. Like, it's crazy. Gary Oldman voiced one of the big dragons. What? Uh, David Spade was Sparks. And then they had a uh, Cree Summer, voice another um, another dragon,
1: Cinder. Yeah, it's Cree Summer.
0: Oh, that's number five. Yeah, and she did um, uh, Inspector Gadget, uh, Susie on the Rugrats. Like she has like a a big whole. Yeah, thing yeah, too. yeah. Like, yeah. Her, her her resume is quite massive.
1: Holy moly, uh, what a cast! Yeah, right. It's it's cool very surprising. Um I actually did play Dawn of the Dragon. That's the only Legend of Spyro game I played. Um
0: Oh, the, the, the final one in the trilogy, yeah.
1: I did, I, did, I don't guess I realized it was a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I I think I rented it.
0: That one had co-op.
1: Yeah, it remember. was you could play you played Spyro and Cinder and they were like linked together somehow. I do it's the third game in the in the series in the trilogy yeah. so I missed a lot. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I never played that one or uh, the Eternal Night, the second one. Um, I was only I've only seen like gameplay of them. The The first one, the, A New Beginning was the only one that I, I played a little bit of, yep. but that was about it. And it was I don't know, it, it didn't really stick with me too much because they were kind of going for a more um, like action based approach as to oppose of this like, you know, puzzly fun mm. game like the originals were. Like, because they had a whole, like, elemental breath system and stuff like that, and hmm. they kind of got rid of the exploration adventure mode kind of thing. It was more just like, all right, just fuck shit up, I guess. It was a little edgier, I guess, is the, uh, the issue.
1: Yeah, I remember it was rated, it wasn't rated everyone, it was rated everyone 10 and up.
0: Yeah, it was that like was just like, below <laughs> T. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was, it was
1: almost a teen game.
0: <clears throat> yeah, almost.
1: Um... The cast yeah, then... for *Don of the Dragon* is stacked too. Christina Ricci is the voice of Cinder. Wayne Brady is Sparks. Mark Muffett Hamill is the voice of Malifor.
0: Yeah, like it's it's, it's nuts. Yeah, and I mean the the games they didn't they didn't do bad. They did okay.
1: That was a um, pretty cool game.
0: The ratings were they were pretty decent. I think they were like uh, mid sixties, like low seventies, generally like around that area. Not great, um, but not bad. Yeah, but none of them ever did as good as the first game, and I think maybe that's the reason it stands out so much. Because um, the first Spyro game is actually like top twenty best selling PlayStation games of all time. Wow! Yeah, it's in there at like we seventeen to be or eighteen. Yeah, which is which is cool. I mean, you have to account for like inflation and stuff at this point, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 still up there, and I think it I think it deserves it. I uh, I love the Spyro games. But then you know, some point in between there, they had the uh, the whole Skylanders. Chaos came out at some point. I never got into Skylanders.
1: I don't know if you ever did. A little bit. I, it was more. I think it was a game that my little brother Gabriel got for something. Um. It it was pretty neat. Like it was it was a neat idea to merge video games with like little collectible toys. You you actually buy the figures and you scan them onto a thing, and they popped up in the game. That was pretty. I don't remember there being anything else like that at the time, so I always thought that was pretty neat. Actual gameplay wise, it was pretty simple. You just move a character around and go eat some bad guys. So that portion of it wasn't like revolutionary or anything, but the actual you you needed to buy the little character models and scanned them into the game. It was pretty, it's, it's expensive as hell, but it's, was, it's was pretty yeah. neat. But I forgot about that game for the longest time until we started talking about this. So obviously it wasn't life changing, but it was neat at the time.
0: Yeah. I just remember seeing like the toys like all over the place. Yeah. And it was just like so expensive. And they had like those, the big like box sets that came with like certain scanners and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it it really was, went like, all out with that. Yeah. Yeah. They went kind of, kind of crazy. And then I remember Disney, made something similar at one point
1: yeah they did and there's this other for the nintendo switch there was like a it wasn't Star Fox, but Star Fox was a character in it uh i forget it was like a space it's a spaceship thing and it had kind of the same concept where you can buy different like spaceships and scan them in or something like that you could it wasn't mandatory like you could just buy the digital version of this game and it was fine but that was an option you can do and i remember that being similar to it Oh, yeah, what that's, that was called
0: that's pretty interesting, I think like in concept those things are they're really cool. i just i don't yeah. feel like they ever do
1: as well as they hope they will yeah it's just expensive because you had to buy the game, which is always going to be full priced and then you need to go out and buy all these you know twenty thirty dollar little figurines to add stuff to the game so it's it's just like more expensive d l c that's not really d l c
0: yeah, like you remember the fucking um what was it? Like cardboard shit that Nintendo started doing at one point, like a few years back. The Labo,
1: yeah, Nintendo yeah, Labo I, or something like that. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. It was, I never, I, I never tried. Did anybody it. buy never, it? Like, I don't understand. I think they came out with another set, so I guess enough people must have bought it. I don't know. Oh my god, insane. it looked like it. It looked like it was more geared towards younger kids.
0: Yeah, like so. I, I can understand. I just, I don't know. I feel like we 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 saw it announced trailers that came out it released and then that was
1: it and then it faded into the abyss yeah. it's just funny how nintendo somehow managed to sell us cardboard
0: <laughs> yeah literally and it's probably oh, like
1: man. 60 bucks to get it too it's probably just someone's idea like, hey, I'll bet you 20 bucks that we can get these super motherfuckers to buy cardboard. <laughs> so was like, it, oh, man, you're on.
0: <laughs> it's like what they do with all their fucking triple A ports and stuff like, oh, Doom Doom 2016. Yeah, I remember this game from five years ago. Still $60. Boom. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. And people are like, yeah, because you can play it while you shit. We've covered this.
0: <sighs> they're just they're just so greedy, man. They make they great are. games, uh, they but they're so are. greedy.
1: I, I, and I will be the first person to agree with you.
0: I'll never understand it. I,
1: know. I hope that the Arkham, the Batman Arkham trilogy, is not sixty. I mean, the, if if of anything, that would be a game that might be worth sixty bucks because it's three full price games. But even so, you can buy like the Arkham collection on PS five probably for like twenty or thirty nowadays. So, yeah, it goes on, on sale PS4. all the
0: time for like yeah. nine bucks.
1: Yeah, something like that. So, well,
0: that's the thing with Nintendo, man. The digital games, they just they they never want to put them on sale. And when they do, it's like three dollars or something. <laughs> yeah, <Like> three dollars off. <laughs> yeah, and it's never it's never like their games, unless it's something for like Mario Day. Mm-hmm.
1: And even and with that's that, like the only, one time they will go on sale.
0: Yeah, for like a week or two, and it's like five
1: to ten dollars. It's like, yeah. thanks, I guess. Yeah, the cheapest I've ever seen The Legend of Zelda is like forty. 40, 45 bucks on the eShop. Yeah. I've never seen it cheaper than that, which that's a game that would be worth that, but still, it's, it's the principle.
0: Yeah, it's the, they did the same thing with uh, Doom Eternal as they're doing right now with uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Or if you go on, um, at the time, I think they finally lowered uh, the first Doom game's price. But for the longest time, when Doom Eternal was out, the previous game was still a $60 purchase on the eShop while the brand new game is out, and also $60. And they did the same thing right now with Tears of the Kingdom, with Breath of the Wild. (laughs) They're both still $60. Like, this is the sequel. Make the prequel cheaper so people who haven't played it yet will buy it, and then they'll be more inclined to now also buy the sequel.
1: Like, it's not Rocket Science. Economics 101. No, it's not. You make a lot of money that way.
0: I don't get it. Just and then people know. see it and they're like, oh, I don't want to skip the first game, but I also don't want to spend one hundred and twenty dollars to play both, so I'll just won't play either. You know?
1: Yeah, but somehow it's, it's still working for Nintendo because they're just getting bigger, making movies and shit now.
0: Yeah, I I remember. Um, it's probably still the same, maybe a little less, but a few years back, I remember there was an article that came out where people did they did it was like a statistical breakdown of how much money Nintendo actually has, and. At the time, they had enough money to where they could stop production of everything and still have enough money to sustain the company and all the current employees for like 10 years
1: straight. It's insane, man. Like It
0: it was it was like something insane like that, like super wild. It's like
1: Disney level shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Because I guess, yeah, I don't know, like Nintendo's they have what? Like they own like. Sega, like that was the only thing they bought out.
1: Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Where Where do they? I it makes money sense. There's Sega characters in, in Smash. Then yeah. again, there's a lot of characters that you know. Persona Five is in Smash, and that's not Sega. That's Atlas. So
0: yeah, I think it turned out to be like, except for Sonic, of course. It was like all games that started on like a Nintendo system is basically oh, yeah, what yeah, Smash yeah. Bros turned into.
1: Yeah, that's true. No, because metal, because. Master Chief is on it, and that started out PlayStation, didn't it? Metal Gear.
0: No, the first Metal Gear is actually on NES.
1: Oh, really? Okay, never mind. Yeah,
0: Metal Gear Solid started on. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. There was a
1: game before Metal Gear Solid. You're absolutely yeah. right.
0: It was like a a top
1: down little yeah, yeah, shooter yeah. kind of game. Glass,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, Nintendo's been in the game since the 1800s, so <laughs> they've been saving up their pennies,
0: <laughs> making. Fucking playing cards.
1: I know. It's that's so insane. weird. It's <laughs> very weird to think about. Uh, you see the Mario movie. It. I did. I oh yeah. It. Yeah. That's right. We talked about it. It's, it's, it's actually really good. <laughs> I was
0: very, very surprised that I so liked was, that I, movie as much
1: as it I did. turned out to be as good as it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was great. Because like, Liana is not even like a big gamer, but she gets, you know, like references like here and there. Yeah. And, uh, she even like loved it. And like got like most of like the little Easter eggs and stuff like that. It was just, it was just a with fun Jessica. movie. It, yeah. it is
1: it, for a, gamer or not. I mean, obviously, if you're a gamer, you're going to enjoy it a little bit more because you're going to understand the references and all that stuff. But even for someone who's not into games and stuff, it's just a delightful movie.
0: I think uh, still like the, the whole movie was like 10 out of 10 for me. I loved every bit of it. Mm-hmm. My favorite part is still uh, when they're in like the little cafe and his phone rings, and it's the GameCube startup noise. Dude, yes. Oh. <laughs> I oh, turned to my beautiful. wife, and I was like, do you
1: recognize that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so good. It made me so happy. And from that point, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good movie. And then like, movie, the, yeah. the whole opening, where it's like recreating like World 1-1 from Super Mario, while mm. they're like hopping over it.
1: Turned into a platformer. Yeah, they did, they did good. good. Did super.
0: Okay. Everyone nailed it. I love, uh, I think I also just love movies that
1: Jack Black's in where I just get to see Jack <sighs> Black having fun. Yeah. That wasn't Bowser. That was Jack Black in that movie. It
0: was Jack Black in a giant turtle suit.
1: Yes. And it's we basically it. what it was. We want more. Yeah. yeah. I'm now excited for the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. I need a Legend of Zelda movie. I need a Metroid movie. Uh, I need, then I need like, like the, the Smash Bros. culmination movie.
0: Yes. I, actually, the, from the Metroid movie, wasn't there supposed to be like an alien-esque like themed horror kind of movie that they were planning for Metroid
1: at one point? I don't remember. I
0: th- like years ago or something?
1: It doesn't sound familiar, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a thing. If that's what it needs. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah.
0: But I don't I don't think they'd be able to do it.
1: I mean, no, they would want it to be more kid-friendly, I think, but... I mean, they have Dread. Isn't uh, isn't Dread rated M? No, I think it's well it's, I think it's rated T.
0: Oh, it is T. Yeah, you're right.
1: That's a good point. They can make it more like Dread.
0: Phenomenal game. Hard as shit.
1: Still have to play it. I've never played a Metroid game. Oh man. Yeah. So. They're and great. I wanted to play Dread because, but that's another thing. It's never on sale, so I have to buy it full price if I want to. And I'm just I'm always like,
0: Ugh, I don't know yeah i mean i i haven't finished it yet but I've, I've played uh probably like 12 hours or so of it i got it because i was playing it while i was on vacation uh so far definitely worth the money especially if you're into like like the the metroidvania like roguelike type of games because mm. there is going to be a, a lot of death and a lot of starting over involved um rough mechanics getting lost it's like dark souls it's like a dark souls game just a I side scroller <laughs> told me
1: there <laughs> yeah and you got little bonfire areas and shit it's great i do really want uh i want to play the metroid prime remastered uh because yes. that looks really good and it's not full price it's only 39.99 so it's a little bit cheaper
0: that's uh, true metroid prime is very good
1: i've heard i've heard it's and i've heard the remaster is really good like it's solid remaster
0: yeah, it's just like a cleaned up, prettier version of the old one yeah. Exactly what you hope for for right. a remaster. Definitely recommend cool. the whole series. Any Metroid game is very good. Okay,
1: yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to either Dread or Prime, whichever one I get first. I'll have, to, I'll have to play them and I'll report back. Hell yeah! But, do you have anything else uh, you want to say about Spyro?
0: Ah... <sighs> don't think so i think i said enough about a uh, mario kart double dash for the
1: evening <laughs> okay well if, if it's all right with you i want to circle back to our conversation about marvel games because i thought of when we were talking no, and i know we have to absolutely talk about not it. okay well podcast over goodbye everyone because <laughs> i don't know it, we may have a, like we may have an episode where we talk about like fighting games and shit but if not or depending on how far away that is we can talk more about it but Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects.
0: Oh, my God. So good.
1: Such a cool ass game. And it's it's super
0: nostalgia.
1: We could probably talk about this one in our in our underrated games, too. So I don't want to go too much into it because we we could definitely talk more about this in a future episode. But I at least wanted to mention it as one of the best underrated Marvel games that have come out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I
0: I love that game so much. I think I I sent you the the trailer right from the uh, the Storm DLC. For um, the, uh, whatchamacallit? Oh, Midnight they're, Suns? They're, yeah. Oh, no, actually. So, in Storms, because she was the third expansion for Midnight Suns, and they had her like reveal trailer and all that kind of stuff, and one of the scenes was the rooftop map. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Marvel you sent me like a, Yeah, yeah.
1: I, you did send me that. I'm pretty sure, yeah, because I sent it to a few people because
0: I saw it, I was like, oh, and I rewound and I was like, Touch the map. I know that game. And I just sent it <laughs> off. I'm like, look at it. Who remembers this? It was, it was
1: yeah, cool. That's cool. Gosh, I would love another one of those games. Yeah, me too. Let's do some more shit with the original characters that EA made. Yeah. Who developed it? Was that EA as a developer? Uh, EA may have been the publisher. I'm going to look it up
0: Instigate Games. Oh, I've Delo. never heard of them. <laughs> That's probably why we're not getting a remaster anytime soon. Probably.
1: Instigate games. Oh, no. I have Nihilistic Software. as a developer. It says
0: formerly Nihilistic Software. Oh, okay. I guess that's yeah. why. So I guess the Pro was it Nihilistic. Is
1: instigate. Yeah, okay. And EA published it.
0: Yeah. And Team Fusion. I don't know.
1: Such a cool game. And the roster was really cool, too. Like just the Marvel. Dr. Doom is playable.
0: Yeah. There are a lot of good playable characters in that game.
1: Oh, and there were. There were. Oh, no, those are, are non playable. Okay, never mind. I thought those were like DLC or something like that. But, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a huge roster. There was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 11, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 20 characters, which is a decent amount, but a lot of fighting games nowadays have more than that. But yeah. Venom was playable. Doctor Doom was playable.
0: The, the only thing with that um like that era was it was there's a a big thing where they had the the games would come out on different systems and then depending on what system you had would have like exclusive characters
1: yeah like,
0: and then there was never like cuz they did, they never did you know like uh ultimate editions and shit like that at that time mm. so we never got like full ones cuz i remember doom was playable and so was there was captain america but they were only, like, PS oh, or yeah. PSP or some shit like that. Like yeah, one of you're those. right. The
1: little... Yeah, Doctor Doom is exclusive to the PSP version. Yeah. It was bullshit. Because
0: what the fuck... Like, I mean, no, PSP was amazing. But still, like, I had it on Xbox. It's like, like, give me everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so the regular roster was even smaller than that.
0: Yeah. There was, like, three less or whatever than yeah. like, everything possible. Cause they did that with, um... Uh... Godzilla Unleashed, where to have all the characters that were ever released, the Wii version was the one that got it, and it was forced motion controls. <laughs> it was abysmal. The controls were such dog shit. And, like, the PS2 was the best playable version,
1: what but like, game the was Wii this?
0: had all the characters. Uh, Godzilla Unleashed. Yeah,
1: oh. yeah, yeah.
0: Like, it had, like, 40 characters or some shit, and then oh, wow. the PS2 was down to, like, 28 or something like that. Because the Wii, they just through it, because I guess they wanted to sell it more.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But, like, if you're going to do that, don't make me use the fucking nunchuck controller. I hate it. It was not fun for, like, any game. Right. Except maybe Twilight Princess was okay, but even that's pushing it.
1: At the art style of Look at it. I'm looking at, like, screenshots of the character's select screen, and it just, it's so pretty, it's such it's a good-looking, game. dark game too. It really is.
0: It had like a pretty fucked up. I mean, I guess it was. It was kind of like a like an X Men storyline.
1: I guess, sort of. Yeah, especially with the, the 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 one uh, perfect character that I remember the most, aside from the chick with the uh, with the ballerina chick with the uh, with the thighs and the ass cheeks. Is Brigade the soldier who has like the souls of like a hundred men in him? And that was like, oh shit! Oh yeah, (laughs) what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was so edgy. And I think a thing that was cool with that too, where like the main combat was focused around like three D arena fighting, but like Mm -hmm. the campaign had kind of like like a linear, yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, like free roaming ish kind of thing. It was cool. You hop around and like really fight, was. fuck up people in like a little three D like arena kind of thing, but mm-hmm. also play the map. It was cool. Yep. What a great game! I wish That's they would good just find someone to just remaster it. I would oh, love yeah. to play it again. I don't. I don't have that copy anymore.
1: Sadly, wonder how hard to find it is. I'm gonna look on Amazon to see if it's. Let me see. Marvel Nemesis for PS.
2: Two, yeah, GameCube, Xbox, I think, as well, PSP. September eighth, two thousand
1: six. It's forty dollars on Amazon. There's only two in stock, so that's not too bad.
0: Yeah, I'm looking on uh,
1: JJ Games right now, and
0: uh, <laughs> right on the cover is like they have like a like a toys section kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have, like, old Skylanders figures. It's like a a retro shop, and it just reminded me just how awful Spyro looked in that.
1: (laughs) It's even funny, because the box art is even different. On the PS2 version of the game, it's got Wolverine in the center. On the PSP box, it's got Captain America.
0: Yeah, it makes sense, because he was the exclusive for it.
1: Yeah, it's dumb. Dude, the Punisher game for PS2 is $86 on Amazon. That's insane. I never played that game, uh, but I've watched people play it, and it looks like exactly the kind of game I would have liked to play when I was younger. Uh, especially since the Punisher is 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 also one of my favorite characters. He's just really cool. But
0: look up a uh, Godzilla for PlayStation Four on Amazon.
1: Oh, I bet you that's super expensive. Because didn't they like delist that or something? Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> There's a renewed version that's three hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine sure cents, and there's is. which is I'm assuming like the European, yeah, because that's a Peggy logo for one thousand three hundred and ninety nine dollars. Take a look at this. Boom, dude, you got a gold mine right there, he, uh, listeners. He's holding up a, a copy of it.
0: I sure, I am. It's beautiful.
1: Uh, I actually did play that game. I bought it digitally when it first came out. It was pretty cool. It's 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 fun.
0: I think we need okay. more old school style of the Godzilla games like uh mm-hmm. Short Old Monsters Melee and Save the Earth and Unleashed and stuff, but it was it was it was, pretty cool. it was it was fun for what it was. I just wish we would have more just stupid just colossal arena yeah. fighting again. I miss it.
1: I
2: still like have Evolve all of is eighteen dollars well. on Amazon. <laughs> evolve.
1: For evolve, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Thought oh,
0: you said evolve. I missed that game so much too,
2: man. Ah, oh, the memories. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: did you have anything else you wanted to <clears throat> say before we get the fuck out of here? Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't think so. I think uh, I think we about covered it.
1: I think so too so next week we'll go over our number nine picks which for me let me pull up my list uh i think that's the only game i'm going to switch because the rest of my list is pretty good number nine my number nine is rated revolver so i'll i'll, I'll talk about that next week what what, what are you what are you going to talk about uh spyro Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what that is. I can't wait for question.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks like. Uh, let
1: me just. Just uh, be whatever you this, feel like.
0: <laughs> this finely tuned list that I created that I apparently didn't reorganize as I reorganized it live last week. Uh, <laughs> it says Pokemon Soul Silver, okay. but I think it's actually Double Dash this time.
1: Okay. All right.
0: I will double hardcore, check <laughs>
1: hardcore violent western game paired with a, a cutesy little Nintendo racing game.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I think I'll, I'll, yeah.
0: we'll we'll find out.
1: We'll find out. Yeah, we'll, it'll we'll be a surprise we'll for
0: later. all of us, including me, what I picked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening in. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. Uh, feel free to. I don't know how they can get in send us a message on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Uh, just look up Tilted Casuals. We have a Facebook page. You can shoot us a message if you have any questions, uh, have any comments on any of the games we talked about. Um we'll give them the email address so they can email us too or no?
0: Uh, let's hold off on that for now.
1: Okay. That'll that'll be that'll be a little treat for later on maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see how that goes. Once once Spotify Teasier. allows us to set up things for listeners because apparently that's a thing at one point then we can uh send
1: that out but for now you can go like us on facebook uh the is the, the twisted casual podcast um send us a message through there um if you have a question or want to put in the conversation in the games we talked about so yeah
0: yeah Thank everyone for um, in. the page is tilted casuals podcast i ah. search it on facebook Oh, the URL, okay. but you can just search it. And then uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. Just at Tilted Casuals. Very simple. Great. Straight to the point.
1: Yeah. Like the pages. Shoot us some messages. Join in the conversation. Talk about fucking video games.
0: Yeah, man. And I'll post some, uh, put some interactions on this, this episode as well. I think we'll try to do that for everyone. Just to have uh, okay. something cool. to do at the, the bottom of the podcast.
1: Sounds good. Thank you, everyone, so Hell much. Yeah. We will see you all next week. Sure will. Bye, everybody. We love you very much. I'll you very much. Mwah. Laters.
0: Bye.